0: Welcome, welcome, one and all. This is CJ Ramos back at it again, the podcast mercenary from CJR Media Reviews, up at it again with a brand new review. And today's review is... Why am I talking like this? Today's review is going to be uh, Mandalorian Season 1, Episode 4. And this episode is directed by none other than The Bryce Dallas Howard. And she's a great, phenomenal actress. So I really haven't seen much of her directorial work. So I don't know if this is a debut or if this is something she's been doing behind the scenes. But I'm glad to see her doing other things. So let's get started, shall we? Um, Episode four starts in this quaint little fishing village. Somewhere, not really a fishing village. Kind of like a, it almost looks like a rice field type of scenario. But they are kind of fishing for like, like little fish like freshwater fish so take it as whatever you want um they're in harmony there's a mother there with her daughter and they're really focusing on this one pairing this one family when all of a sudden imperial walkers boom just like that come and attack their humble village and these orc like marauders they like these bandits come and steal and raid their village while the mom and her daughter they focus on are hiding underwater for safety and this is the opening crawl the credits start right and it goes off to a different scene where Mando seeks a planet that no one would care to search for, in lands and anywhere where like he could be under the radar to protect uh, Baby Yoda and take a break from all the action and fighting and just chill out, like you know, just you know, just veg out and relax for a bit to get his stuff together so he can know what to do next. So he happens to land on this planet that this that we're focusing on, right? He asks Baby Yoda to stay put on the plane. As he goes in, uh, surveys the area, you know, for safety reasons. But as he's opening the hatch in the, the hatch bay, uh, the baby's right behind him. He's like, all right, follow me. So they go into a restaurant, sit down, and server walks up. And is like, so what would you like to eat? Um, for now, just get the baby a, a bone broth. You know, something simple like a brothy soup. You know, it's one of those things where... He's being nice, tipping well, because he just got mad money, so why not, you know, embrace it? And the server definitely appreciates, like, wow, handsome tips already? My gosh. Let me give you the best play I can find back there, and actually, I'll add some more food for you. So, you know, it was a nice little scene. He sees a woman from across the room that looks like she must have been a soldier from the previous war. And he asks her, uh, the waitress, that is, um, hey, do you know anything about her? And he's like, no, she's been here for a while, but she's kind of a mystery. And as soon as the waitress moves, that lady that was sitting across from them from the other table, gone. So he goes off to find her. He's like, hey, can you watch this kid? And gives her some more money. She's like, yeah, of course. So he goes out and ends up engaging with the woman in a fight. They throw down, you know, they, they uh, go at it. But As soon as they're about to take each other out, Baby Yoda's in the back like Kermit with his tea, just sipping his soup. <laughs> and they're like, you know what, let's just talk. So she explains her story. She's in a retired uh, fighter who's just trying to find some place where she can move to and just, you know, live a peaceful life. She's not trying to be a fighter anymore, a warrior, a soldier, whatever you want to call her. It's just long and gone, and she's just chilling out, retired now. So the villagers are it's noticed that when Mando was landing, they send a uh, recon team to go and find him, because they really don't get any visitors. It's kind of a small, foresty planet, that no one really visits. So it's nice for them to actually like see someone that can help them in their mission to stop these walkers, right? So the villagers find him after a day of traveling, and they uh, ask for the Mandalorian's uh, aid, which he kind of refuses because they don't have much money. Little pay. He's a bounty hunter. Sure, he has a good heart, but he's still a bounty hunter. He's going to make an earning here. He's like, I'm not going to waste my time over nothing. But um, once the villagers uh, were about to leave, he's like, wait a minute, you guys have lodging? He's like, of course. And he took the little amount of money regardless, but not for himself. It's to get this uh, newly made friend in this ex soldier, whose name is Coward Dune, by the way, and ask for her aid. So. We come to the point where they are traveling overnight and they arrive there by daylight. And this is when they are greeted by the whole village. And uh, it's a cute sequence because this little girl, she's there and she's looking at Baby Yoda's intrigued by the baby, right? And they make new friends and run off and play. And the mom of the girl is like, Don't worry about it. He'll be fine. The village is quiet. Nothing really bad happens. And Mando's apparent from always fighting that he doesn't really realize that, okay, we're actually in safety zone here. So the lady keeps asking Mando about his life and things that he could help out. Like one thing for sure everyone's been asking is what it's up what is up with the Mandalorian's helmet not showing his face? He's like since he was a kid and taken in as a foundling by the Mandalorians, he's led like their code of conduct and like not show his face in combat. So she nicely asks him, Does it ever come off? And he's like, not in front of people. And she's like, so when's the last time anybody's seen your face? And she, he was like, since I was a kid. So that's just the way they live. They don't get too attached to people. And this is one way to prevent it from happening. So she walks away to look at the kids. And finally, Mandalorian takes his helmet off. But we don't see what he looks like. We don't see that it's Pedro Pascal under that damn helmet. It's has been three episodes, four episodes. And they have yet to show the Mandalorian's face. For all I know, he probably looks like Oberyn Martel from Game of Thrones, or he probably has a clean shaven face. Who knows? We can't tell what his character looks like on this show. He could have three eyes for all I care. Who's to say was he was Hume? He could have been any kind of alien. You know what I mean? Like it's just like one of those things where it's just a mystery. Like this guy is a walking mystery. So Mando and his new friend Coward Dune find an Imperial Walker as you're going through the woods to track, you know, any signs of the bandits. They find the footprints of the Imperial walkers in the forest and freak out. They're like, "I thought we were after bandits, not the Empire." So they come back to the village like, "You guys never told us there were at- ats on this planet. Specifically, the enemy was empires." Like, no, no, no. It's like, it's not that they're empires. It's just an old at from the war was just left on their planet. So pretty much. They're underprepared because, like, one at could can take out 200 men. No problem. And we're only two people here. This is like a suicide mission at this point. You didn't tell us all this information ahead of time before accepting your... So he tells them, you guys got to go. Leave your land. Set elsewhere. And that sends the whole village in a frenzy. They're like, what? We hired you to take care of this. Like, listen, we're only humans. We might be strong and, you know, war war-torn, and like, you know, we know how to fight, but we can't fight against the heavy machinery like this. Not at least without an army. That's what Kara said. And then Mando's like, takes a minute to ponder. He's like, wait a minute. I could turn this village into actual soldiers. They got enough young men and women here. It's doable. So, cue the training montage. And this is where, it, it again, the fun montage where, montage where uh, Kara is showing them weapons fighting, and Mando's showing them um, marksmanship, so you know, we got both combat and marksmanship, and he asks, who's the best shot? Come to figure out the mother of the young child, she has no husband by the way, she's pretty much a widow, is the best shot in the village, and she proves it so much well, so we don't know her backstory, what if she fought back in the war in the rebellion? Who knows? This is the beginning of a new character. She's a very fairly quiet person, so we'll probably see more of this lady down the down the road, or maybe not. Who knows, right? So Mandalorians want to train the villagers. So he cuts down tree. Oh, he tells them cut down trees and build barriers on your village, and dig holes in the water for the at to get stuck in if it ever gets close to the village. And then you got shooting and spear lessons. The young mother can really shoot, man. Like she definitely is an ace. So they warned the young mom at sunset because bandits like to come out at nightfall and that's exactly what happened at nightfall these orc-like alien banditos were came through and started raiding the village so Karen Mandel sneak up ahead of time on the camp instead so while they're trying to you know set up for an attack it's just for a preemptive strike from behind and you know they're trying to be stealthy but that didn't last long so they got caught in a firefight so they're baiting them back to the village. Of course, they have their at at. And they finally get it close enough to where they dug the holes deep enough. But Kaur Dune is a G. She just jumps in the water, shooting overhead, trying to hit something on the glass where the pilots would sit in the at at, and like trying not to get killed, mind you. So this is a very scary sequence. And what happens is, you know, everyone is off fighting the bandits with their spears and guns and blasters so it's all all out chaos it just it goes it's going down pretty much and it's great to see this plan kind of unfold because this is not an army of soldiers this is an army of villagers just trying to serve you know fight for survival and that's the coolest thing about this is man these guys these folks really want to they want to stay where their families have been forever they don't want to relocate they're trying to fight for their land so You've got to respect these people for, you know, holding it down and staying where they belong. They do not want to go elsewhere because someone's going to scare them off for prime real estate or whatever. So, eventually, the Mandalorian and Cardoon bait the At-At into the water, and it crashes and explodes. Causing the bandits to run like cowards with their legs, tail between their legs, right? Their precious At-At's destroyed. That's the only thing they have for the advantage. Especially with this village that's outnumbered them at this point. Knows how to fight now. Oh, they're really not trying to uh, reign them again. So at this point, they're celebrating. Weeks have passed by. And Kara and Mandalorian are having a a conversation on the porch. And he asks him about the helmet rule. Like, what is it about this helmet? Why can't you take it off in front of others? And he's like, well, the reason is, is that once you put the helmet on, you're a Mandalorian warrior once that helmet comes off in public, it's essentially saying, I'm retired. So, any Mandalorian that takes his helmet off is essentially retired. Which is a plot hole. Someone explain to me, Dave Filoni, what the heck? What the hell? You are the showrunner for Rebels. And Sabine takes off her helmet all the time. Does she not follow this same rule set? Is this specific to a certain era? Like, I'm assuming Sabine and, and um, the rest of the Rebels is a little further up in the timeline. So I don't know if this rule changes in between now and then because we don't really know the time. We just know this is post Return of the Jedi. So I'm wondering, like, even back in Clone Wars, they took their helmets off. So I don't really know if this was specific because they're, like, in hiding for protection. This is a shame thing because they lost their, you know, their numbers are dwindled. Like, there's just ask more questions and answers. Like, yeah. For somebody regular, they get it. Who doesn't know the lore? But those that know the lore that's canon are like, hold up, we've seen Mandalorians without their helmets. Jango Fett, not so much Boba Fett, but we've seen Jango Fett take his helmet off, but it was in his personal quarters. He never took it off in combat. That's true. Okay? Sabine, she's taking it off in combat and in front of her friends. Not like she was in her quarters. She's always on and off with the helmet, showing off her cool haircut. So... I don't want to say it's a plot hole or plot, whatever, but I want to know the reason why, in this current period, the Mandalorians feel like they have to keep their helmet on. Is Again, is it a safety precaution? Like, you don't want to be identified, and then when you're walking around unarmored, like, it's a blending thing. It has to be a blending thing. If they're hiding in the shadows, I'm assuming it's a stealth thing. It's like, until we are strong enough where we have our own place, we got to blend in as much as we can. And the best way to blend in is not be armored or, you know, ID, ID'd while we're on a mission so that I get but I want a little bit more clarification hope somebody as Filoni and Favreau and all the people lovely people at Star Wars the specifics to this rule that they follow now this code of conduct this uh this is the way method of living life it's an interesting one it's very similar to the old school Spartans of the old uh, you know history and stuff I really appreciate, you know, uh, Gina Carano coming through in this role because she comes off as a complete badass and I love her character. As far as Pedro Pascal's Mandalorian, more layers. He's not just all stoic. He can have his quipper marks here and there, just not too much. He's doing enough where it's like he's just trying to be a smartass. And I'm loving it. I love this character, how he's slowly developing into like the illegitimate stepdad to Baby Yoda. And it's like father, son dynamic is hysterical because Yoda's being a rebellious kid does not want to listen but at the same time they want to stay there and you know create a life for themselves on this planet he wants to settle down and kind of call it quits problem is he has to continue what he's got to do for his money and his career until he's ready to retire but he wants to leave the baby there with the villagers but as he's trying to do that towards the end of the episode the lady the mother and and her child And the villagers in general, the kids all love Baby Yoda. They all play together. You know, things got a little bit hairy at first, but they finally calmed down. And now it gets you thinking things. And he wants to leave the baby there to live a normal life. Which is understandable and admirable. And he's just going to continue his own path. problem is, the tracking beacons are still working, and one of the bounty hunters finds a planet and almost snipes out Mando. But luckily, Cara Dune stops him from getting killed, and they realize they can't leave the baby there because it's just a walking target. And that'll only bring more chaos and more turmoil to this village. So they got to find somewhere else where they can drop the kid off in safety. So either way, there wasn't much choice. He can't leave the kid there unless he wants the kid to be taken easily. Not that the coward couldn't defend for him, but at the same time, it's a lot of bounty hunters and it's better to keep it moving than stay still for too long because you're going to just be uh, sitting ducks. So all in all, this is another strong episode where it establishes new characters. I hope to see Coward Dune in a future episode. I hope to see the villagers come back in the foray. I kind of have a feeling, this is my prediction, I don't know how the show's going to end, that Mando might settle down with this lady down the line when he comes back to his village. And this is where his story ends. And He starts a family with this lady, her daughter, and they probably have kids of their own. This might be the way to introduce the foreshadowing how he's gonna have a happily ever after after delivering a baby, you know. Maybe it's not in this season. Maybe it's not in season two. I don't know how long this show's supposed to last, but in the long run, you kind of want to revisit this village as a, you know, as a final story arc for him where he kind of settles down, and starts a family once he's done being the bounty hunter, the Mandalorian, and he can just be himself, whatever his name is. We still don't know the guy's actual name. He just doesn't mind people calling him Mando, so it is what it is. So I give this episode a strong four and a half stars. I loved every moment of it. It was very comical, witty, had a great build-up, introduced new, fascinating characters. And I can't wait to see where the storyline kind of goes from here, because it's very interesting how... They keep adding layers into how the Empire has fallen, but the remnants are still there. Kind of like how the Avengers, when uh, the attack in New York happened, all those alien weapons were just stolen by regular people and they used them in their everyday muggings and assaults and it became part of the normal way of life because there weren't any stormtroopers in this episode. It was just the at-at that was used by these marauders who were just there trying to steal from villagers like any other group of bandits would. So, this episode's awesome, and I can't wait to see where the next one leads to. I'm really excited to see where, how this all flushes out, because so far it's been a strong season and hasn't been a weak episode yet. But who knows? You never know what the next episode's like. But if you want to hear this and more, stay tuned on the next CJR Media Reviews, uh, Mandalorian Reviews, and as always, may the force be with you. And also, this is the way. And for good measure, I have spoken.